All right. So we are back with part two of surviving the first zero to three months of having a child. This is Andy Christopher, aka the dad I listen to frequently. And thank you once again for joining us on this week's rendition of the DILF show. So we kind of got cut off last time. It was pretty funny, but Arlo woke up and Julia was working. So duty calls, which means we had to cut it a little bit short. And I didn't get to touch on a few things that I had originally wanted to. And, um, you know, we we did discuss a few things. We gave a few tips on, you know, putting your kid to sleep, how to, you know, focus on the things that you need to kind of internally and communicating with your partner in order to really help make those first zero to three months a little bit more palatable. But in all honesty, I was, I was thinking about this a little bit more overnight. I really just kind of remember it being like a really sleepy shit show. It was just, there's always, it, it seems like there's always something going on that requires your attention. And then you're still trying to figure out your work schedule. You're trying to figure out a bunch of different things that are just firing at you. And you're just so tired all the time that, um, you know, you really, you really struggle to, to piece it all together. And as I mentioned, you know, people who have much older children, they're just like, yeah, I really don't remember that time. And I think it's with good reason because you're just kind of in this fog, this, this haze going through it. But at the heart of it is this, you know, is this little entity that is, growing and learning and looking at you with these just non-judgmental eyes. And they're just so excited to be part of your life. And, you know, one of the pieces of advice we got was to really make sure that you assimilate your child to the life that you have. And to be perfectly honest, I don't really see how that's possible because everything just kind of gets flipped around. And we we discussed in a in a previous episode, you know, what happens when you get that feeling of kind of what happened to my old life and thinking about all the things that you've given up and you you feel in especially, you know, I wrote down in my notes here, you feel in that first I don't know, you know, month two, like where did my old life go? And you're not a bad person for thinking this. You, you having a child is eternal. And I know for myself, you know, I like going to music festivals. I like going to happy hour and having drinks with friends. I like going to play golf. I like um, exercising and all these things right around month two, they just kind of hit me like, God, when am I, when I can, when am I going to be able to do this stuff again? And so assimilating a child to that part of my life it seem, seems very contradictory. And so I think you just need to learn how to find the balance of looking at the new positives in your life versus thinking that everything that you lost is now some huge negative and some huge detractor. And um, you will get, and you will, you will get part of your life back. You will get the chance to evolve and your child just amplifies the happiness that you get to share with other people. And it's something, especially in today's day and age that I feel is a very real and genuine happiness, as opposed to a facade or an illusion of happiness that you've kind of created or concocted to, you know, make other people think that you're doing something cool. And, you know, I think back on some of the most powerful times I've had with friends and family and, 
they're all very real intimate moments that typically don't involve our phones or being on the computer or something like that. And, you know, I really, really encourage you, especially if you're, you know, a dad or a parent who's feeling like you're a little bit lost in that first, you know, couple of months, just, just remember that you're not alone and it's okay to feel that way. And, you know, if you want to talk about it, first of all, give me a call, but you will find your path in terms of all that's going to even out once you get into a good routine, once you once you figure out how to kind of get back into the schedules that you had set previously, you're going to find that way. So really try not to sweat about it too much. And, um, you know, don't j- just remember that there is safety in numbers and everyone kind of goes through this, you know, did kind of a kind of a sick question. And Arlo, if you're listening to this later, you know, I. <laughs> I don't want you to, you know, judge me too much here, but did my kid kind of cheat me out of anything that I could have experienced? Well, that's why I said, get all your experiences out before the kid comes and make sure that when the child comes, you are ready and prepared for that as best as you possibly can be, even though there's no way to truly be ready. And so all I know is that today, you know, and yesterday, like Arlo woke up he literally just wants to play with his cars uh, and literally the cars, you know, Disney action figures that, um, that we've picked up along the way. He wants to watch cars. He wants to listen to Moana. He wants to sing. He wants to yell and shout and jump and scream and be happy. And, you know, you you do want some semblance of routine, but when he's looking up at me, it that shit doesn't matter. I, I'm so happy to just be there for him and be there with him and present with him that I don't really care about, you know, the times I used to go play beer pong with my friends or the times that, um, you know, I would just stay awake for days on end, um, you know, playing video games. I, oh man, I played a shit ton of Guitar Hero back in the day. And that was like, that was a borderline obsession. And, you know, I would always be playing that game. And, you know, now you think about the stuff that you have to get done in order to, you know, really enjoy and be in those moments with your child. So, um, you know, don't, don't judge yourself too harshly for, you know, missing the life that was, but that's where you really want to do your best to prepare yourself for what's coming. And, um, I really encourage you look at what you have in terms of abundance in your life. Look at what's right in front of you. And, you know, his smile just knocked me down and makes me feel that I've had a wonderful day, even if I've had a terrible work day, or I didn't get to work out that day or whatever it is. And when we're putting him down for bed and we get to read stories, it's just these little small moments that I know are going to kind of fade into the, you know, fade to black, so to speak. But I have these little snapshots of happiness every single day, just by, you know, the amazing, just by focusing on what is going on that's great in my life and not focusing on you know, debts or money or other stressors or, you know, other things that could potentially make me feel bad about the day. I I really have gotten into that kind of abundance mindset and focusing on, on all the positives and your child through all the frustrations that you experience. It's, it's all a positive. It's all a win. And, um, you know, the chance to influence another life is one of the greatest, um, you know, not only wins, but one of the greatest rewards in life that that I've been experiencing so far. So 
Um, you know, kind of a kind of a tangent there, but yeah, going back to you, I, I mentioned this in part one, but the ticking time bomb and bridging what you know what I was just talking about into this concept. You know, you you may feel frustrations. You may feel, I mean, that lack of sleep is going to hit you hard. There's there's no avoiding it. Um, uh, I think I had one buddy who said that their kids started sleeping through the night at one month old, and that made me want to not be friends with that person anymore. I'm just kidding, Pasha. But um, it's very rare that that kind of, um, you know, setup is going to happen. And you just got to really prepare yourself for anything in terms of the unknowns. So when it comes to the ticking time bomb, and when it comes to presenting your frustrations and these discomfort levels, you feel like you're losing your mind at times, you feel like you're just, you know, kind of struggling to tread water and stay and keep, you know, your head above, uh, above the the surface of the, of the ground. And it's just like, damn, like, what, what do I got to do here to just get 20 minutes to myself to get an hour to myself to feel a little bit of a neutral mindset. And, um, you know, I really, really just go back to part one of the episode in terms of focus on what you can control and don't hesitate to, to vocalize these things with your partner. Don't take it out on them because it's nobody's fault. And everyone in the family is kind of struggling to, you know, to keep their head above water at that time. And even the child's scared. They, they've got all these sensory inputs and neurons and stuff that's coming at them that they don't really know how to handle. And I know that for myself and Julia, you know, we, we did everything we could to, you know, to speak these things and, you know, to kind of quote the office, speak our truth. So to, to, so to, you know, so to quote, but we also left a lot unsaid that could potentially have led to bigger issues if we really let it fester too long. And um, one of the biggest things is that myself, I, I always want to be kind of a, you know, a, a light for people. And like the, I always want to be composed and show people that I'm here for them and kind of be the rock for other people. And I think I'm inherently afraid to admit when I don't know something. And, you know, the first zero to three months, you you literally don't know shit. You, you, I mean, Arlo's two, he's over two now. And I still have days where I can't figure him out. And I don't think that really changes, but you don't have any clue what you're trying to figure out on the next, the next step or the next 10 minutes or the next hour. And that's why it's, it's so stressful is because you're just trying to figure this out on the fly, but you don't want to admit what you don't know. And for myself, you know, I don't know. I I didn't know what Julia was experiencing emotionally while going through the, you know, trying to nurse and what, um, you know, other parents have gone through in terms of their successes and, you know, you see a five-year-old kid who's well-behaved. It's like, how did you get here? How did you do that? And you're figuring out how to write your own playbook. And you just have to keep inching to that next that next 30 minutes, that next day, that next week. And um, it, feels, it feels like a trudge. And it's definitely stressful, especially when you're used to having all the answers and, you know, being, being the go-to person for a lot of different people. And so... Yeah, don't don't be afraid to admit when you don't know something. And, you know, just do just do your best. Literally just do all you can to be there 
and and you know not bail out at a convenient time to you and you're you're, you're going to figure it out together and you're going to piece the puzzle together slowly but surely um Oh, no, Julia, Julia told me to say, remind people that they can have coffee. So yeah, mom can have coffee again. Um, check the safe limits on what it is. You know, we, one of the first things we did was, you know, we had donuts and coffee and listened to some, uh, some lane eight out on the patio. And it was one of the most wonderful memories, just being able to take a breath and, you know, look at Arlo and have a cup of coffee and have just a, a little, a little pastry and just got to exhale a little bit in that moment, but she wanted to remind people that in the first zero to three months, coffee will definitely help you. I wasn't a coffee drinker. I am a coffee drinker now. I'm very thankful that Julia forced that into my life. So thank you, sweetie. Um, let's see what else in the first, I, I, I took down a few more notes. Oh, paperwork. So you're going to have a, a bunch of random paperwork to deal with stuff that you took for granted. That's um, you know, you're, you just felt like it's always done. Um, the birth certificate is one of them. Social security card, you know, you got to figure out the social security stuff, insurance, making sure that the child is on your insurance plan. Just don't, don't neglect these things because they'll really stack up on you. And yeah, you're going to, you're going to get hit with some random costs and some, you know, inconvenient times to have to go to different offices, but just get that shit in the books and you'll, you'll be just fine there. Um. Oh man. Yeah. Trying trying not to overreact to the little issues. So your child is incredible when it comes to getting a, a feel for the room. And that is something that I feel that Julia and I did pretty well, was we just did everything we could to keep our calm within the storm and just be as even keeled as we could present ourselves when, when in front of Arlo. And your child will 100%, you can hold them. And if you're stressed, you can feel them getting amped up and you can feel them start to, you know, question and look around and trying to figure out what's going on. And so um, do, you know, do what you have to do in order to, you know, stay balanced, you know, mentally, physically, whatever that looks like for you, but overreacting to little issues like dishes and, uh, and, and meals and, you know, what, what, what's, what are we going to eat tonight? Much less, you know, what are you going to do for your kid? Just try not to overreact to that stuff. Everyone's, everyone's feeling the heat there. And, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, their kid was kind of a menace and it reflects directly on, you know, the atmosphere that was created. I, I feel for, for the kiddo. And I know that Julia and I have, you know, we had our moments and we had our, we had our blowups and, you know, Arlo, absolutely you know, fed off of that. And then he was a mess for the next few hours. And it just stemmed back to that moment that we shared with each other. So do your best to not to overreact to the little things. Um, Another thing I remember is that they're, they're going to get these random, you know, their their fingernails are going to get, start to develop and start to get sharp and they start cutting their face and they get these random cuts in places. So we had these little gloves. Uh, Arlo looked like a little, a little turkey going in, you know, going in the oven with the little, you know, the little hand things on. And he had these little white gloves that we had to put on him for nap time and just kind of all the time because he was scratching his face. And this is something that could easily be overreacted to Like, oh man, is he, you know, is he hurt? Is he, is he itchy? What's going on? And it's just, they're figuring out their bodies. They're trying to figure out, you know, the, the limitations of their movements. And, um, 
I just remember how funny he looked when, you know, we would put him down sometimes and just this little rotund little bacon turkey. And he just, he got better at not, you know, clawing at himself, but then he would sometimes knock the gloves off. But just know that these, these little nuanced things for your child, like they're going to come up, they're going to pop up and just react and do what you got to do. One of the most amazing things that Julia has done is just be in touch with, with Amazon and what we need to get from there. You don't need to buy everything but she's been awesome at diagnosing kind of what's been needed and then just going for it. Just get it, get it in the mail and get it to you as quickly as possible. And, um, you know, with the nails, I don't know if you've ever tried to cut baby fingernails, but they're so soft and they're so gross. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, um, they're really squishy at first and they, they don't feel like your own kind of adult nails. And that I have, that took me a while to get used to was trying to figure out how to, how to cut their nails without getting too close. And, you know, I've, I've cut Arlo's nails down way too like to bleeding a little bit. And it, you know, when someone's spastic and they're, they're moving around, it's really tough to do. So if you can find something that's their go-to, whether it's a little, um, a little packy, a little binky in their mouth or something that calms them down, um, some type of book, some type of animal, a stuffed animal that you can use in front of you to help, maintain their focus. Um, I'm not sure when we started cutting his nails. It probably wasn't until later, but uh, just, just another tip there in terms of making sure that they have the right distraction in front of them to stay focused on something for as long as they can, because their attention span goes quick. Um, you know, aside from that, it's, it's really, it's really just survive in advance. It's adapt, you know, adapt and figure out what we need to do to get to the next day. Um, you're going to be you're going to be thrown and hurtled into these all these different experiences, and um, stay calm, stay patient, do what you have to do to center yourself when you feel yourself getting amped up, and um, remember that your child is going to present you with problems that you might not find on a Facebook post or you might not find on a help group or that your parents can't help you with. I know that pretty much anyone from an older generation has always told us the the cliched, you know, oh, just give them, you know, give them a thumb full of rum to go to sleep or, you know, do this other home remedy. And we haven't even tried, haven't tried most of them. We we haven't even wanted to because we feel that they're just outdated. And, um, you know, we don't want to put anyone in harm's way unnecessarily. So just do your best to figure out what your child needs in that moment. And remember, go back, keep it simple. Like we talked about, just make sure they're clean and dry, make sure they're fed. And then if they're tired, lay them down for a nap. That's literally it. Um, it can, it can feel like you're, you know, learning a brand new language while trying to learn how to walk again, while trying to study for that math test that um, is tomorrow all at once. And if you let it overwhelm you, it's going to overwhelm you. But um, just remember that you and your partner are there for each other. And um, you have this thing that should unify you, that shouldn't divide you. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that, that seems like a good spot to end. So aside from that, um, I'm still you know, loving the feedback, loving everything that's coming uh, from, from all of you. So please, please, please keep that coming. Um, you know, you can hit us up on email at the Dilf Show. Uh, the Dilf Show at gmail.com, Instagram, Facebook at the Dilf Show. Um, 
maybe by this point, I'll have a website going. Don't really know. Um, share, like, do what you got to do to spread the word on the podcast. Just so, just so more people can hear the message. If, um, you've got any parents, you got any new dads out there who, um, you know, feel like they're, they're they, they've kind of hit a standstill or they're, you know, they're trudging through the trudging through the sludge, so to speak, give them my phone number. Like, let's chat, let's figure this out. And, um, you know, keep telling me what you want to hear about, because that's exactly what I want to be chatting about. So, um, that's all I got for you today. As always, I love you and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next week on The Dill Show.